So before the Industrial Revolution and the invention of artificial lights, humans were more tuned into the natural rhythms of the earth and the sun, and they slept accordingly. When it got dark, they went to sleep, and when it got light, they woke up. Our brains are designed to respond to light when it comes in when it comes to our sleep. So there's a tiny gland in your brain called the pineal gland or the pineal gland, depending on what your what pronunciation you like. And it produces a hormone called melatonin. So when it gets dark, that little gland produces melatonin, and then your brain gets the message that it's time for sleep. In the morning, when the sun comes up, the light suppresses the pineal gland's production of melatonin, and your brain gets the message that it's time to wake up. So in modern times, we have royally messed this up by adding in a whole bunch of artificial lights, both from the ceiling or lamps, and also like streetlights and car lights, but also from screens. And your brain is very confused and it doesn't know when to make you feel sleepy. So a big part of your bedtime routine, especially in modern times when we have all this artificial light that's part of our world, it should be related to reducing light so that your pineal gland will start producing melatonin and let your brain know that it's time for sleep. Welcome to The Improvement Project, a podcast about dabbling in self-improvement 30 days at a time. We are now three weeks into the new year and our month of focusing on sleep and routines. I'm Dr. Peggy Malone, a healthcare provider and human being trying my best to be better and encouraging others to do the same. I'm in London, Ontario, Canada, and with me is my much more disciplined friend, Jenny. I don't know, Peg, you're getting pretty darn disciplined yourself these days, wouldn't you say? Uh, A little, a little. We're getting there. It's catching on. I like it. That's me, Jenny Kaus, a marketing professional from St. Thomas, Ontario. I'm a small town gal and a big believer in the power of habits. I'm going to do my best to whip our guinea peg into shape and hold her accountable to habit changes that she will undertake one month at a time. I'll be playing along too. And as we take on a new habit each month, we hope to inspire you to become more disciplined, more consistent happier, healthier, more productive, and overall your own best self. This month's challenge is all about sleep and routines. We want to pass on some sleep tips that will hopefully allow you to get more and better sleep, which will hopefully make your mornings happier, calmer, and less hectic. Sleep hygiene is a term that refers to the practices in our daily life that help to ensure good sleep. So here are some tips that will help you to establish healthy sleep habits and hopefully get more and better sleep. Number one, keep a consistent sleep schedule. Get up at the same time every day, even on the weekends or during vacations. Set a bedtime that is early enough for you to get at least seven hours of sleep. Don't go to bed unless you are sleepy. So some of these are catch-22s, but we'll discuss. Uh, Establish a relaxing bedtime routine. So this will help to give your body the cues to get sleepy, and we will discuss this a little more later in this episode. Use your bed only for sleep and sex. A lot of people have a TV in their room or they use a computer or device in their room. And when we did our digital detox in December, we discussed why this isn't the best practice. So having um, all those devices and TVs out of the room is uh, what we recommend for better sleep. Make your bedroom quiet and relaxing. Keep the room at a comfortable, cool temperature. Uh, People generally sleep better if it's cooler. So you can even do that thing where on your thermometer or your, uh, what's the proper terminology here? 
the thermostat. Thank you. The thermostat, you can uh, program it so that in the evenings when you go to bed, if your bedtime is 10 o'clock, then you program your thermostat to go down in temperature so that you'll be cool and then have it come up about 20 or 30 minutes before you're going to wake up. So you're still comfortable in the morning, but it will give you better sleep to sleep at a cooler temperature. So a lot of people don't take advantage of the thermostat and how you can do that with it. So that's a good idea. Uh, Limit your exposure to bright light in the evenings. Your sleeping space should be as dark as possible. So people have heard this probably before, but when I say as dark as possible, what the research shows is it, it needs to be so dark that you can't see your hand in front of your face, dark. So you need to get a blackout blind and then on your alarm clock, you can get one where the numbers can even black out. You just press a button and then it's completely black. So you're not even getting that little bit of light from the alarm clock in your room. Wow. Turn off electronic devices at least 30 minutes before bedtime. They are very stimulating and we want to tell your body and your brain that it's time to get sleepy, not crazy. So they also emit a lot of light, which um, we'll talk about a little bit later in this episode. Um, Light is something that's an important regulator of getting sleepy and the sleep-wake cycle. Don't eat a large meal before bedtime. That's quite stimulating to your body because it like basically gets the message that I've got something to do and it's not going to get sleepy. Uh, If you're hungry at night, eat a light, healthy snack. Exercise regularly and maintain a healthy diet. Exercise is going to put you in a space where when it's time for sleep, you'll actually sleep well. Avoid consuming caffeine in the late afternoon or evening. We talked a little bit about this last week. Um, I usually tell my patients that have trouble with sleep, no caffeine at all afternoon. So that Mm. includes your green tea, Jenny. No. No. Um, Avoid consuming alcohol before bedtime. A lot of people like to have a glass or two of alcohol in the evenings because they really feel like it helps them feel sleepy and fall asleep. And that may be the case, but alcohol messes with your sleep cycle. So even though you get that sleepy feeling where it allows you to go to sleep, it's messing with you getting good restful sleep. So especially if sleep is a challenge for you, you want to avoid alcohol before bedtime um, and probably avoid it for a while until you get your sleep back on track. So All of those things said, it's hard to believe we are already in our third week of this challenge. Uh, But now that we have a couple of weeks in, what I'm noticing about this challenge for me is that being more consistent about bedtimes and bedtime routines has been the biggest positive factor in both better sleep and better mornings and also morning routines. So again, we want to talk a little bit more about bedtime routines, but we'll get back to that. So John and I have both been consistent with keeping our phones charging in the kitchen. We talked about that in our digital detox last month, uh, keeping the phones out of the bedroom. Um, So that's been great. And John has a a bit of a crazy life in that his job uh, has him waking up quite early. So he wakes up at 4 a.m. And as a result, we've been making an effort to turn off the TV if we are watching by 8 p.m. or just after and on nights when he has to work the next day. And then we go and sit in the hot tub for a bit and then try and make sure he's lying down by 9 p.m. Because if he can actually go to sleep shortly after 9 p.m., he'll get his seven hours, which he almost never gets. So after starting to read our book for the month, uh, Ariana Huffington's book, The Sleep Revolution, she scares you a lot into realizing how sleep is so important. And I'm doing my best to create an environment so that John will actually get a little bit more sleep because he has this weird schedule. And the other thing that we used to do or that I used to do is he would lay down at nine or nine 30 and then I'd have my side bed table light on and I would read for another hour. Cause according to my schedule, I don't have to really go to sleep until 10 or 10 30, but 
there's light in the room when he's trying to sleep, even though I'm sitting there beside him with a small amount of light. So I've been trying to instead leave the room super dark and do a reading uh, in the living room for an hour or so before bed. So that's been a weird change, but I'm experimenting with that because I feel like that'll be helpful for his sleep. And for me, um, I've been trying to get out of bed at 7.30 a.m., and that gives me the nine hours of sleep that I know my body operates best with if I go to sleep at around 10.30. And um, all of this is still the best case scenario because it's happening maybe three or four nights out of seven, everything I've just mentioned, including having John lay down by nine and me doing the reading and then me getting up at 7.30. But that's sort of the practice that seems to be giving the best indicator that it should be something we do more regularly. So that's what we're working on. And it's definitely a step in the right direction. So how, how have you been doing with this challenge, Jenny? It's been, it's been going well. And I think that for me, it's a matter of, you know, when you talked about leading up to bedtime, minimizing that screen time and those sorts of things. And I think that's the challenge too, is, you know, I don't seem to have a problem with going, you know, into my bed at 10 PM. It's getting myself to kind of wind down and get ready to sleep. Um, it's, yeah, it's definitely been a bit of a, a challenge for me, whether, you know, I'm reading and I'm into a book, so I'm staying up later than I intend to, or we've kind of, you know, not every night, but I would say a couple times a week, we do have the habit of if we're into a show or something like that, or we both just kind of really want to watch something is we'll have the iPad and watch something in our bed. And if I get really into it, I'll stay up and watch several episodes and I'm up to midnight or something. So I, I can't wind down cause I'll get really into whatever the show is. Yeah. So it's just keeping those reminders and, uh, and making sure that I don't give into the FOMO, the fear of missing out, um, of, you know, watching something or reading something, or, you know, sometimes I even had trouble with like staying up late cause I get working on a project. Um, but I'm always really thankful that Jeff is so good about having a rigid bedtime because that kind of helps me stay kind of stuck to the routine a little bit more. So, and I think it's for me, it's been illuminating to kind of see my own internal struggle with letting go of productivity in favor of rest. And I'm realizing I've kind of got some weird stuff around getting stuff done that I, that is keeping me from taking better care of myself Um, so I think that this is a really good challenge because it's, it's making me realize I need to prioritize rest to make the rest of my life better as well. Awesome. Good. Yeah. I think that that's, um, you know, from what we've both discovered in these last couple of weeks, I would guess that probably some of our listeners are on the same page. So we definitely, as always, we'd like to hear how you're feeling about thinking more about sleep and what you're doing to change it up in your world's. So I mentioned mm-hmm. that uh, bedtime routines are an important part of sleep hygiene and that John and I have been trying to incorporate a bedtime routine. So they are an important piece of making sure that your body gets the cues that it needs to know that it'll soon be time for sleep. So before the industrial revolution and the invention of artificial lights, humans were more tuned into the natural rhythms of the earth and the sun and they slept accordingly. When it got dark, they went to sleep and when it got light, they woke up. Our brains are designed to respond to light when it comes in when it comes to our sleep. So there's a tiny gland in your brain called the pineal gland or the pineal gland, depending on what your, what pronunciation you like. And it produces a hormone called melatonin. So when it gets dark, that little gland produces melatonin and then your brain gets the message that it's time for sleep. In the morning, when the sun comes up, the light suppresses the pineal glands production of melatonin and your brain gets the message that it's time to wake up. 
So in modern times, we have royally messed this up by adding in a whole bunch of artificial lights, both from the ceiling or lamps, and also like street lights and car lights, but also from screens. And your brain is very confused and it doesn't know when to make you feel sleepy. So a big part of your bedtime routine, especially in modern times when we have all this artificial light that's part of our world, it should be related to reducing light so that your pineal gland will start producing melatonin and let your brain know that it's time for sleep. So at least 30 minutes before bed, you want to, this is a big reason why you want to turn off all the screens and only have gentle low lights on in the house, because then that gland is getting the message. Oh, right. I got to make some melatonin. It's time for sleep. So this is something in terms of bedtime routine, but also the lights, this is something we do for babies and kids. And then we forget to do it for ourselves. So we need to get back after it. And I know that you have obviously some experience with this, Jenny, from when Ethan was tiny and even now his bedtime routine. Yeah. I remember we were chatting about that because, you know, as you know, we're talking about this and kind of doing this research about sleep. I do remember this. Um, and I can't remember exactly how old he was. Um, but it's around the time when, when you're trying to really set up a bit of a sleep schedule for babies and get them onto uh, a bit of a, a more predictable schedule than say when they're a newborn and they're kind of just awake and asleep at all different times. Um, and you can't, <laughs> so you can't communicate with a baby and just say, Hey, so it's, it's bedtime now. So go to sleep. Cause apparently they don't understand that. <laughs> so it takes them a while with the language business. You got it. Yes. So Babies rely on cues to tell them what is next. And I remember reading about this and and figuring all of this out kind of by trial and error. But and I don't, I'm not even certain, but the pattern was something like this. So in the evening, we would give him a warm bath, put him, you know, dry him off, put him in his jammies, um, read him a book, feed him, put him in his crib and turn the lights out. Um, and it took a little, you know, like a little while, but he soon pretty much got into this routine and it was, you know, because you can't communicate to them, it's all of these cues that tell them what is next. And it's so funny when we were talking about, you know, sleep hygiene and the things you do at night to tell yourself it's time for bed. I remember doing this with Ethan and, and going through this routine. And the funny part too, that I, I was reminded of was, the bedtime routine started making us tired. <laughs> and that's how we knew it was working is we would be putting him to bed and we would get sleepy because we were starting to get those cues as well. So oh, that's cool. And we can still both um, recite word for word the book that we used to read him every night because um, it was called Good Night, I Love You. And it went through the bedtime routine of a baby. Nice. And so, you know, it would talk about having a bath and reading and turning out the lights and all of those things. And so we occasionally jokingly say it to Ethan as he's getting ready for bed and he just gives us the dirty look like, that is a baby book. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. It really illuminates the fact that uh, for adults, we need to kind of go back in time and give ourselves that same kind of routine that often a lot of us had as babies and small children so that we get those cues even subconsciously that it's time for bed 
So if that means putting your pajamas on as soon as you get home from work so that you don't feel too tired to do some of your routine later, then that could be part of your evening routine to give Mission you accomplished. cues. <laughs> you got it. To give you cues that it's getting close to bedtime or having a little alarm that goes off 30 minutes before bed saying, hey, like it's time to get ready for bed. So or yeah. warm Put water. Put down the blue gun. <laughs> yeah. Stop your crafting. It's time for bed. <laughs> Uh, but it, that is, uh, those are good points. And I think, uh, I think, you know, when we think of how we treat a baby and we take such good care of them and want them to sleep well, let's, let's baby ourselves a little bit. Take care of yourself. put ourselves to bed. (laughs) Dream little dreams. I love you. Good night. That's how that book ended. (laughs) Perfect. Now it is time for the segment where we dig a little deeper into our personalities called who are you anyway? We will take a question and each give our perspective on the topic with the goal of understanding ourselves a little bit better. This week's Who Are You Anyway question is, do you have a bedtime routine? How about you, Peg? Uh, I do. I would say that based on what we're learning in these weeks that I could get better at it. But my basic routine at night is when I go into the bathroom to do sort of do my like teeth and whatever, I'm not really good at washing my face at night. It's on my list of 2000 or 19 for 2019 to take better care of my skin. So I'm going to get after Ah. that. But I take my contact lenses out. I put my glasses on. I brush and floss my teeth. I get into my pajamas. Then I plug my phone in the kitchen. I read my books for my book for 30 minutes to an hour because John has gone to bed. This is the ideal. Um, if I have a deadline or I'm trying to catch up on something, then that's the time when I do that stuff. So John goes to bed and then I'm busy, you know, editing a podcast or whatever it might be that needs to be done. Um, but I'd rather just have a, a relaxing the same night, every night, the same routine. So prioritizing it and making it part of my regular evening routine, I think probably is something I'm working towards as we go through this process. How about you? What's your evening routine? Um, yeah, I guess I, I, I guess I have a little bit of a a routine, I would say. Um, I, I mean, anything can kind of happen, you know, say between dinner and we'll say 945, it could be just about anything. Um, tonight it's recording a podcast. Um, but I will say when I am getting ready for bed, I go in, I remove my makeup and I, we've talked about this before. I put I take coconut oil, put it all over my face and rub it all into takeoff makeup. And then I use a hot face cloth to remove that. And I just love that feeling of the hot face cloth. It feels so nice. Um, And then I floss my teeth and then I brush them. Usually I go change into my pajamas. That's if I wasn't already in them. (laughs) Because you got into them right after work? Sometimes. I think that's a great plan. (laughs) Yeah. And then I... Usually after that, I go in and I check on Ethan. Sometimes I go, I plug my phone in at the front door if it needs to be charged, but usually leave my phone either at the front door or on the in the kitchen. Um, so I then go to bed. I sit and I write in my five-minute journal because there are a couple of questions, like amazing things that happened that day. You write three of those and then one thing that you would have done differently or improved. Um And then usually I'll do some reading or Jeff and I'll chat, or as I mentioned, occasionally we'll watch a show on the iPad, which is not probably the best habit, but sometimes it's nice. Um, And then sometimes just for some spice, 
after I've been in bed for five minutes, I like to like jump back out of bed and then go get a load of laundry, put it in the washing machine and set a timer for the following morning so that when I wake up, I can go downstairs and put it in the dryer um, or like think of something I forgot and then go run and do that. And those are the kind of things that I need to cut out because they are not helping me get to bed. But yeah, yeah. Those, should, those are not cues that it's time for sleep. <laughs> so I was like, oh, there's just one more thing that I want to do. Oh, and then I can do this. Yeah, not great. All right. So I would say that that's a good routine in terms of helping you to feel sleepy. I think both of us could probably add in some other relaxing things. One of the things that I didn't include in mine is John and I often sit in the hot tub. And I think that's a cue that helps me recognize that it's time for sleep because it feels warm. And Ah. that's it's kind of like when you, you know, put a kid in the bath, same kind of thing. So I like that as part of our evening routine as well. Nice. That sounds awesome. All right. Over the last couple of weeks, Jenny and I have shared some highlights of our list of 19 goals for 2019. And as we also said, we're going to check in regularly to keep that extra layer of accountability. We really want to make the most of our list. And we've been playing around with vision boards to create a visual way to represent our goals for the year. We know that everyone finds inspiration in different ways. And maybe if a list isn't your method of choice, maybe a vision board would work for you. Some people get an instant eye roll when they hear the term vision board. And I feel somewhat guilty of this because I'm a little bit, um, what's the word for that? When you're a little cynical in that same way. Okay. And I think I have bad like throwback memories to, do you remember like the big hype over the secret? Yeah, that totally. Yeah. Um, and it became very common. Um, I think a misinterpretation of that book that if you made this vision board, it will magically transform your life. So people would make these vision boards and they would have pictures of, you know, model tanned muscular bodies, mansion, piles of cash, uh, fancy cars. And, you know, it, it was all kind of just if you put it out there, it'll happen. And, and I think that I think that I'm ready to just let go of that misinterpretation of what a vision board is. And I like the idea of thinking about them as visual representations of where you want to place your focus and where you want that to lead to. There are so many ways to create a vision board. You could rip images out of magazines. You could make a drawing. You could create it digitally. Pretty much any way that works for you, you can do it. And I think there is some real value to it. Uh, For me, I decided to create mine as a board on Pinterest. Pinterest is a treasure trove of awesome imagery. Um, And you can also do this with Google as well. You can save images in a similar way. I saved mine uh, in Pinterest, uh, created a board just in private mode, and I think it's called secret. And I chose images and words that reinforce the things that I want to focus on in 2019. Um, so a lot of these things were things that were on my 19 for 19 list, um, such as the word recreation. I have that on there. Um, I also put on the word adventure and it's got a cute little mountain thing. I put a picture of some people paddle boarding. I put a picture of, um, you know, people skiing, a woman at her desk working, um, just things that kind of made me feel inspired to look at and kind of sum things up. Um, there's also a really awesome picture of Doris Day and her husband at the time chilling out, relaxing, having a cocktail that I love. So anyway, 
Have you ever made a vision board, Peg? Yeah, I have done. Not for a long time, but I really enjoyed it when I did it. Um, it was the last time I did it was at a workshop with a group and we Ooh. used pictures out of magazines. And then there was a facilitator who helped to interpret the images and the pictures and sort of help you to kind of like really check in with what is it that you're focusing on by choosing this as your image. So it was neat to get other people's perspective because the group also was participating. So it was pretty intense because it's not usually the way I like to do something where I would want to do it more privately, but I actually appreciated the feedback and the process. So it was pretty neat. Um, It kind of gets that creative part of your brain flowing uh, in a different way than writing something down or typing it would. And then also looking at it later will stimulate your brain in a different way. So it's neat to have, you know, also your vision board as well as your list of 19 for 19 as different ways to kind of remind your brain that you have these goals that you want to focus on through the next year. So I think it's a fantastic um, option. So I it's been a while to since... analyze mine. What's that? I should get you to analyze mine. Well, I don't know if I'd be um, good at it, but at least I can take a look at it and tell you what comes up next time I'm at your house. Okay. Um, it's been a while since I've done it. And I was re-inspired though, when I saw your vision board. And so I've been working on one. So um, okay. when I finish it, I'll share it in the show notes and in the Facebook group, if you want to check it out. And are you doing yours on Pinterest? Yeah, I think that's the best way to do it. It sort of seems to be... Um, it's quick and easy, isn't well, it? Well, it's quick and easy. You're not like dealing with glue and scissors and a bunch of books and stuff. So I, yes. magazines. So I like, I think it's a really great way to do it. Yeah. And it's a quick, I mean, I, how many people sit and spend time on social media anyhow? This is a cool, constructive thing to do with it. Absolutely. All right. So um, how about you? Have you ever made a vision board? Did you make one for 2019? We want to hear about it. Send us an email at theimprovementproject at drpeggymalone.com or hit us up on the socials. I'm on Instagram at drpeggymalone and Jenny is on Twitter at jcouse. If you are feeling a bit shy about sharing it publicly, come and share it in our private Facebook group. Go to Facebook and in the search bar, type The Improvement Project and click join to be part of the group. Every week we ask you to play along with us and we are so excited that some of you are and we're extra excited that some of you are even telling us about it. We are always so glad to hear what you think about the podcast and we are very curious to hear how you are doing when it comes to our monthly habit challenges. So speaking of habit challenges, my friend Kristen from work is doing her own improvement project this year. What? So yes, she did it last year as well. It was so cool. Um, And she kind of creates her plan for the year and she posts it like the list of month by month on Instagram. And she did this last year as well. And she posted her um, results of kind of how it went on Instagram as well, like what worked. And, and she even asked, you know, people for some follow-up, like, what do they think? Like, do they have any ideas of, of challenges that she could give herself? And I thought that was so, so cool. And I know, um, Kristen has been listening as well. So I thought that was really, really cool to see that other people were, were doing this as well. And, yeah, that's uh, awesome. Go Kristen. She, yeah. And she did cool things. Like, so she got into drinking tea. She did a month of eating vegetarian. She did no sugar for a month. Um, she had like one month was she had a step school, uh, no TV for one month, like really cool, cool yeah, those things. Those are cool challenges. Yeah. And then she was doing, so she kind of replicated a lot of them for 2019 and, uh, yeah, I'm going to be really interested to hear how it's going. Um, 
she's uh she's awesome and she's doing great at hers so yeah fantastic very cool so uh if you are doing maybe your own challenge or you have something to say please send us an email to the improvement project at drpeggymalone.com or come say hi on the socials. Even though we are trying to be on our phones less, you can still find Peggy on Instagram at Dr. Peggy Malone, and I'm on Twitter at Jake You can also get our attention by using the hashtag The Improvement Project, and we would absolutely love to hear from you if you have any feedback at all. We always love hearing from you, so please reach out. And now it is time for What Are You Digging Lately? This segment is one that may or may not be related to our monthly theme. Peggy and I like to talk to each other about what podcasts that we've been listening to or what books we've been reading or what random internet hilarity we've found. And we feel like you might find it fun too. So each week, each of us will share something fun that we are loving, that we find useful or practical, or just something that is pure frivolity and fun. This week, I'm digging the budgeting app called Mint. So it was Jenny that got me onto this, and it's been a bit bit of a game changer for keeping me more on top of my finances and my budget. And one of my 19 for 2019 is to be more specific about uh, taking a look at saving and spending and just being more intentional about what it is that I'm doing with my money and my finances. So as with any budget, it takes some serious effort and mental energy, at least for me, to get everything loaded into the app. But once you do, it really does help you to keep a closer eye on things and keep you more financially organized and accountable. So it's a free app and it's pretty cool if you're looking for something to help you keep your budget tight this year. Yeah, I would agree. I... I don't remember. I think I've been using Mint for maybe seven years now. I'm, I think it's it maybe have been a little bit longer. Um, and I would agree it does take a little bit just to kind of get all of your accounts set up with it. Uh, but it is really cool. And I think there's some really cool reporting tools on it as well. So, you know, you could look at year over year what you spend in a certain category. Um, yeah, it's that's really cool. neat. That kind of and stuff I've, is neat. Yeah. And I think, you know, I've kind of worked it into my week as something that, you know, I don't have a a day that I do it, but, you know, I would say every week or every other week, I kind of go in and make sure I just quickly kind of run through and make sure things are in the right categories. Um, I don't get super granular on it, but I try to make sure that things are kind of allocated to the right area because it is interesting to kind of know how much do you spend, you know, cause you can take a guess what you spend on say groceries per month, but it is always surprising to see the when reality you have the of actual what you data. Spend. Absolutely. Yes. I remember when we started with this, this was before we had Ethan. And I remember, um, seeing even just like what we spent at the LCBO in the beer store. Exactly. Yeah. And that was an eye opener of what you think you spend on a certain category and what you actually spend. Um, it's, yeah, it, it definitely gives you some awareness. I know for me still every month it's, you know, we'll set, you can set budgets. So if you're about to go over, it'll send you a little message. I go over our budget on dining out every single month and I'm just okay with it. Cool. <laughs> it's, it's something we really enjoy. So I know I'm going to blow that budget. So I, every once in a while, I just increase it a little bit. Cause it's like, let's just be real. Nice. And I mean, you can really use it if you have like real goals that you're going after. Um, but it's also just a really cool awareness piece. And like you say, getting intentional about how you're using your money. 
And I expect that we'll talk more about it and some other um, tools that are similar in April when our challenge is going to be uh, centered around finances. Oh, we'll be talking about it. You got it. I get all jazzed about it. I know you do. Yeah. Um, So I'm digging uh, something kind of nasty. But it depends who you ask. Yes. Well, uh, so I'm digging these ginger turmeric shots. My family delicious, delicious, just delicious. So at Christmas, my niece was sick. um, And now Jeff has been sick. Ethan has been sick. My mom is sick. My in-laws are sick. Everybody's sick. Um, And knock on wood, I am not. And I hope by the time that this podcast is released, I'm not laying in bed listening to it. Um, But what I did is when Jeff and Ethan were sick, I went online and I looked up these, like all of the things I could be doing. So I was putting steam on my face. I was having vitamin C. I was basically doing every single thing I could think of. And I remember doing this before where you take ginger and I just use like ground turmeric and lemon and I put it in the blender. And I think I even threw the juice of a clementine in there too. And I put it in the fridge and I just kept taking shots of it. And I even felt a little bit sick yesterday. Like I was kind of feeling like I was getting it. And I just kept taking this and drinking tea and doing everything. And I feel fine. Oh, my goodness. You know, our listeners are going to want the recipe. You're going to have to give me the recipe and I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, it's pretty informal. So (laughs) prepare yourself. (laughs) But I don't know. I don't know for sure if it worked, but I know I'm not sick right now. And I'm really relieved about that. Well, all of those ingredients are anti-inflammatory and they're good for your guts. So I think that no matter what, it's not a a negative thing. It's a positive thing to take that stuff. So. Didn't feel like it at the time, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And now it's time for you win or you learn. Each week, Jenny and I will trade off during this segment to let you know where we did something right and there is cause to celebrate or where something perhaps went off the rails and allowed for a learning opportunity. These can be related to our journey as we take on new habits, or they may just be celebrations and bumps in the road in our everyday lives. So I'm up for the win this week and we're going to throw it back to 2018 On my 18 for 2018 list, I had the seemingly simple task of getting new auto and home insurance quotes and getting a new policy with a different company. So for some reason, this task was so daunting for me and took up so much mental energy and created (laughs) so much stress that I just couldn't make myself do it. So I, I don't understand why. It's this weird resistance that I had to it. I'd get started and then I'd never follow through. It was on my list for months in 2018. So it's kind of weird. Anyway, the win is that I finally did it. Good for you. We have new auto insurance and new home insurance, and I feel very secure with this insurance coverage, and I feel very proud and pleased that I finally overcame this weird resistance to this task. Oh, I'm so glad you did, because I do remember us talking about this. And I know you and I and I don't think it was like completely unfounded. I know there were some things that you were pretty unsure about. And I mean, it can be a stressful thing, right? When you're thinking about the situations that would result in you needing this insurance. I think so, that's maybe why I had the resistance. It's kind of like yeah. it makes your brain have to go to these weird worst case scenarios of things that you hope never happen. And yeah. I don't like that feeling. So anyway, yeah. I'm past it. We did it. We're golden. 
Good for you. That's awesome. I know I had a challenge like that myself as well with my list because the one thing I wanted to do was get a little bit more on top of my investments um, and start actually, uh, you know, I have them through work, but getting on top of actually setting it up for a monthly contribution, I haven't been doing that. And it took, I didn't do it until December. I, I don't know why. It was like click, click, click to do it. I, I'm not sure why. I think I was overcomplicating it in my mind about the calculation of figuring out how much I should be saving and, and all of that. And I realized like, I don't have to make like the exact right, perfect decision. I can just start doing this and then I can adjust it later if I need to. It. That's right. You know, I think sometimes it feels like you get, um, that pressure to get it right. And sometimes you need to just get it going. Yeah. That's well said. Definitely. Yeah. So I'm up for the learn this week and I got to admit, I straight up have not been reading this month's book and next week is our book club report. Um, and not only have I not been reading it, I haven't even picked, got the book to my house to start reading it or downloaded the audio version to start reading it. Like I haven't even, I haven't even done a thing. Um, Part of the reason why is I was gifted three books in late December and I want to read all of them. Uh, One is called The Art of Possibility and it's very good and we're reading it for work. Um, The other one is, do you know about this one? Little Black Stretchy Pants, I think it's called. No, I like the title though. The founder of Lululemon. Yeah. It's his book. It's okay. really good. My boss gave that to me as a Christmas gift. And um, the other one, of course, is the James Clear book. And oh, so our friend I James want Clear. to read all three of these. And they were all on my nightstand. And I kept kind of just like, uh, like, not sure which one to grab because I wanted like the one I need to read for work. Um, I really want to read the James Clear one. I really want to read the Chip Wilson, I think his name is, book. Um, so I just decided I took the books and I put away the James Clear book for now and I put away the Lululemon book for now and I'm just focusing on the art of possibility and I only have two chapters left to go. So it's going to be nice because now I can kind of start reading through them in order but yeah, it's... Uh... Well, when it comes to this month's book, I'm like actually doing really well. I got it out of the library and uh, your uh, discipline has been, you know, like rubbing off on me. I think and you now... took it all. Was that... <laughs> you I took, took your discipline? Your discipline yes. has been rubbing off on me. So thank you. Good. And uh, so maybe this month I'll just give you the book report as well, as long as our listeners okay. are okay with that too. It's a real nerd's dilemma when you've got so many books and you can't decide which one to read. Yeah, I love it. I love the nerd dilemma. It's a good problem to have. Hashtag nerds. So so we're talking about books. And speaking of which, on next week's episode, it's that's going to be time for that book report. And we're going to be discussing The Sleep Revolution by Ariana Huffington. And I think we'll probably talk about The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod, too. Don't you think? Yeah, I think at the very least, we'll talk about um, a video that uh, discusses the Miracle Morning. I'm not sure if I can commit to a video. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if it makes sense to read two books. But the Miracle Morning story is pretty fantastic. So I feel like at least discussing it a little bit is a good option. And we can give people a video to watch. Well, and he does have those uh, through his website where you can download the first couple chapters. That's right. Yeah. And I did do a little read through and wow, what a story. 
Yeah, we'll uh, just we'll pass that on in the show notes if you want to check it out. So everything in the show notes, uh, which we'll mention again in the outro will be at drpeggymalone.com forward slash podcast. Yeah, and it's it's anyone's guess if I'll be ready for the book report, but there will be a book report. It may just me be smiling and nodding along as Peg gives the report. (laughs) I'll Uh, be there to support you. Well, it's going to be awesome no matter what. All right. That's it for this episode of The Improvement Project. Remember to let us know if you have a bedtime routine. We'd love to hear what works for you to get your body into sleep mode. We are also super curious to hear if you've made a vision board in the past or for 2019. Get in touch. Our email address is theimprovementproject at drpeggymalone.com. Jenny is on Twitter at jakehouse and I'm on Instagram at drpeggymalone. You can always get our attention by using the hashtag theimprovementproject. You'll find all of the resources and links that we mentioned during today's show in the show notes at drpeggymalone.com forward slash podcast. If you like this show, please be sure to tell a friend and even show them how to listen to a podcast because some people might not know and subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. We also have a Facebook group, search for the improvement project on Facebook to join in on the conversation. Now go get to work on improving the most important project that you have. That's you. Thanks for listening. Until next time, stay focused and get after it. I got this little template that I set up many a year ago for how to print onto post-its to make your own tabs. And what? This is like game changer. Right? Do you know how much I love post-it notes? Have you seen how many I put on books? I know. And you can also create like little template ones of like a little list or like say your daily habits if you want it to look pretty. And Wow. Hashtag nerd alert. You're welcome. (laughs)